Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. of Legos. And so uh, uh, my kids would occasionally come to me before they became master builders. Uh, they came to me and were like, dad, I'm stuck or dad, what do I do? And dad, and I'd have to like dive in and figure out. And if you go to the instructions, what you'll see is this, is that when you build Legos, they have to be done in a very particular order. Because if you don't do them in the right order, you're going to mess up the whole thing. Or if you can just get one little thing out of place, it can kind of have a ripple effect into everything else. And what I, what I learned was, is that God has this way of connecting our lives. And our lives are connected to other people. And if we'll get our lives connected to the right people, if we'll put the right people in the right places, even in the right order sometimes, you can build something great. And that is why God has designed you for relationships. You cannot do this thing on your own. You are not alone in this world. You need other people. You need to be connected. Because if you'll do that, you can build something great with your life. And so last week we talked about this, that, that one of the most important relationships that you have to be connected to is everybody needs a Jonathan. Like, like and if you don't know this story, go read it, go watch it on YouTube. There's a story of, of incredible friendship in the Bible between this guy named David and this other guy named Jonathan, and they're just roll dogs. They're buddies, they're homies, they're BFFs. And the cool thing about a Jonathan is this, Jonathans are very low on judgment. You know, like sometimes you need a friend to get in your business and challenge you. You need that. But Jonathan's aren't that. Jonathan's just support you. Like you're you're having a disastrous day. You're having a bad season of life. You're going through an awful situation. And they're just so supportive. They're so encouraging. They're, they're They're so sacrificial. And you need people like that in your life. And if you don't have a Jonathan, go watch the message from last week because we talked about how you find a Jonathan and become a Jonathan. It's just a, it's just a good message. So everybody needs a Jonathan in this life. You know it, I know it. We, we need some people to pick us up. But, everybody say but. Again, there's four relationships that are absolutely essential to life. And today is one of those ones that, again, if you don't have a Jonathan, you're going to feel a little bit lonely at times. But without a Paul, you are going to feel a little bit like misguided in life. And so everybody needs a Paul. Everybody in this world needs a Paul. Now, when I talk about Paul, if you know anything about the Bible, there's this guy. He wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. His name, we refer to him as the Apostle Paul. He was really the first missionary, incredible theologian. And what happens was is that when he became a Christ follower... He basically took the gospel to the Gentile world, started moving around the Mediterranean rim, uh, establishing churches, building churches. Uh, Sometimes he would create revival in a town. Sometimes there was rioting in a town. Sometimes they they worshipped him and that got weird. And so he's like, you can't do that. And then sometimes they just beat him up. It was, he had a crazy life. Uh, but he wrote a bunch of the New Testament. And, and, and again, the book of Acts, what you really see is, is that the book of Acts shows a lot of his journey. And there's this incredible dynamic between Paul and this. Let me just tell you the story. Can I read it for you? If you have your Bible, go to the book of Acts with me today. Acts chapter 15. And you're going to see just a little glimpse of what Paul was doing and why you need a Paul in your life. So verse number 36, if you're with me. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, this is one of his buddies, he said, let us go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. And Barnabas wanted to take John, also they called Mark, he wanted to take Mark with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in um, Pam something, Pam, Pamphylia, Pam P-Town. Just so you know, Preachers, if they, if they say these words, they don't know what they're talking about. None of us do. So if you ever hear a preacher like, wow, he really knows those words. He really does it. He's just making it up. Um, nobody knows what those words are. So P-Town and, and had not continued with them in the work. And so 
They had such a, a sharp disagreement. That's code for they were arguing and fighting. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and he took off for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left. Commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through other towns I can't pronounce, uh, Syria and Cilicia, and he's strengthening all these churches. He came, this is just goes straight into the next chapter. He came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy, everybody say Timothy. So you start with a Paul, and then there's a Barnabas, and there's a cool story there, and then there's a then there's a Mark, and then a Silas, but then there's this Timothy character. You got Paul and Timothy now. And so Listen to this though. They found this disciple named Timothy there whose mother was a Jewish and a believer but whose father was a Greek and the brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. See, I sounded really good when I said those, didn't I? I sounded like I know something. We don't even know. Anyway, so listen to this though. This is the key verse. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. See, there's a Paul and there's a Timothy. Bow your heads with me and we'll pray before we get in. Father, we pray, God, just uh, help us, Lord, to to think, to open up our heart and mind, to know you, to let us um, just be challenged by you, challenged by the scriptures, God. Let us walk out of this place differently than the way we walked in. Let us go out searching and hungry and thoughtful and wise about our relationships, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. I don't know if you know this or not, um, but um, in um, in the Star Wars universe, let's be honest. Everything hinges on this one little green character. He's at the top of the, the food chain, if you will, of the Jedi Order. And if you know anything about I'm a Star Wars guy. I love some Star Wars. And in Star Wars, how many know, like, we all think it's really about Anakin and Darth Vader and the whole, but it really goes back further. It's really about Yoda. Because Yoda was in charge of the guy that picked Anakin that screwed this whole thing up. The reason why the dark side took over. It all goes back to Yoda. Yoda was a, was a mentor, right? And in the Star Wars universe, you have what they called like, you know, the Jedi Master. And then you had the Padwan, right? And he had the bad haircut. Remember they made him get a bad haircut? Which is funny now because now it's kind of like a man bun kind of thing. So it's all things come around. You know what I'm saying? And so... But the point is, is that Yoda was this spiritual guru, this Jedi master, this, you know, this guy. And he was the one that trained, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi and ended up training Luke Skywalker. That's, anyway, it's the Star Wars universe that we know it. And so if you go back and watch all these new movies, I don't care how it works out. If you go back far enough, it goes back to a guy named Yoda. And Yoda was what? He was the Jedi master that trained all the little guys underneath him. And so what, what I want to encourage you to do is, is as you look at Paul and as you look at Timothy, I want you to realize that you need a Paul in your life. You need a Yoda. Not a little green person. You need a mentor. You need a coach. You need somebody in your life that trains you in wisdom, that trains you in life. Or we could just say it like this, is that each one of us needs someone to look up to. A wiser, usually older, godly guide who can help us find our way through the difficulties of life. And so I'm telling you that you need a Paul. Everybody needs a Paul. They need a Yoda. They need a coach. They need a mentor. They need a guide. You need somebody in this life to help you navigate because there's too much that you don't know. There's too much going on. And this comes in all kinds of different ways and shapes. And and, and just so you know, let me encourage you. You don't just need a coach once. You need a coach all the time. I learned this the hard way. When I was young and first learning how to play golf, I had a golf coach. 
And his name was Maurice, and he was just the nicest guy, and he was a really great golfer. And he said, hey, man, I'm going to teach you how to play golf because I had a wicked 90-degree slice. Anybody with me? Anybody got a good slicer out there? Yeah, it's, it's nasty. Anyway, and so I had this wicked, nasty slice, and uh, it makes you sound like I'm from Boston. It's a wicked, nasty, man. It, wicked, wicked awesome. It, is, it was bad, though. It was awful. And so, uh, he, but he started coaching me, and, and it was awesome. And, I learned, and then life changed, right? I think we had a child, and then I got busy and work and whatever else. And so I stopped playing golf for a little bit. And so I went back to playing golf, and I thought to myself, oh, well, I'll just do what I've always done. I'll just go back and do what coach taught me how to do. And you know what happened? It was all kind of wicked, nasty, bad, like wicked slices. It was all, and I was like, but I'm doing the same thing that he taught me how to do. But the reality is, is that I had changed, life had changed, seasons had changed, something had changed, I couldn't see it, I couldn't figure it out. And what I realized was, you don't need a coach just one time in life, you need a coach all throughout life. Because you change, and seasons change, and circumstances change. Like, you never figure it all out, you absolutely need a coach and a mentor and somebody in your life. And this is what the Apostle Paul was to Timothy. And we know that because basically like all throughout the rest of the book of Acts and all through some of these other letters and writings, you just keep seeing Paul and Timothy come up. Like there's an entire book of the the Bible called 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. And Timothy didn't write them. Paul wrote them to Timothy saying, hey, let me help you. You're a young pastor and I'm going to launch you and help you and guide you and teach you and train you. And so here's what I want you to see. Look at at how he does this. 2 Timothy verse 3. This is maybe a, a great synopsis of it. He goes, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance, my persecutions, my sufferings. You know all my, my junk. You know what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions that I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from them all. You know what he was saying? He goes, you know, I have passed along to you everything that I had. Because you got to remember, that's one of the things that a great disciple will do. That the goal of the disciple is not just to learn what the master knows, it's to become who he is. When you think about following Jesus, remember this. The goal as a disciple of Jesus is not to figure out all that he knows, it is to become who he is. And that's what Paul was saying to Timothy. Like, you, you did it, you figured it out, I passed it all along, I shepherded you, I modeled for you, I taught you, I did all these things for you. And what I'm telling you today is that you need a Paul, you need a Yoda, you need a coach, you need somebody in your life to help you navigate. Now, here, here's what I know what some of the kickback is. Some of the kickback for some of you is, is you're like, Todd, there, the, you, you said I need somebody usually older in my life. And let me give you a little quick nugget because I've, I've talked to people that are a little bit older in life. And here's great people that still find mentors and Yodas. What they do is they can't find anybody older than them, but they find people that are experts in the different arena than them. Does that make sense? So it's not, you might not be able to find somebody older, but you can find somebody who's an expert in the area where you need help. Go pivot that direction. Go, go slide in that direction. Hey, every once in a while, especially if you're a little bit older, because I'm like this now, it's painful. It's, 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 it's humbling. Every once in a while, your children have to be your Yoda. Because when your computer doesn't work, or your phone, and you're like, will you fix this? And you have to look to young people to yoda you through life. And so just, just be aware that I'm not saying it's always an older person. It's always this kind of you know C.S. Lewis figure in a chair with a pipe giving you these pearls of wisdom. It, it, it can take on all kinds of different shapes and sizes and forms. But look for a yoda. Look, and now I've been privileged that in my life, I've had two particular men that God put in my life that became 
mentors and Yodas and coaches and people in my life that God has used. And so, you know what I thought would be really cool for you this morning is if I could just share with you what they shared with me. Would that be okay? So as, as much as I might not sermonize today, I might just share with you today and maybe coach you along what they coached me along. Because my, I, I had these two men in my life. One was the, the first one was this, is when I first came out of college, I went to work for a church in Michigan and I had a pastor and his name was Marcus. And then when I moved out to California a few years later, I had a pastor named Pastor Dick Burdell. And both of them became kind of like these uh, mentors and Yodas and coaches in my life. And, and they all kind of taught me something a little bit Differently, And so if I could just share with you a few things, would that be cool? I'm going to share with you what my Yodas taught me. What about, let's go with Paul. Paul sounds better. I'm going to share with you what my Pauls taught me. Number one is this. is They, they taught me which battles are worth fighting for. Man, I, I had to learn this the hard way. As a young person, I was so set on winning every battle and fighting every battle. And every cause was worth fighting. And if I felt strong about something, I mean, I would die on that hill just trying to fight for it. Especially when you're a, a young minister and you're trying to like believe in something. And then all of a sudden you realize, man, I'm always arguing and fighting and trying to get my way. And eventually my pastor was like, bro, take a deep breath. You got a life of ministry ahead of you. You can't fight every battle. Because, if, Todd, if you fight every battle, you're just going to get on like all these other staff members and your pastor and your leader. You're going to get up on their nerves. You got to learn how to like be humble, how to go with the flow. Not every battle is worth fighting. If you do that, you're just going to ostracize yourself. I learned this in true, is, is true in, in spouses as well, if you're a spouse out there. Not every battle is worth fighting. Let, let me help you out real quick. This is, the older I get, the more true this becomes. Most battles are not worth fighting. Unless there's something that's legitimately detrimental to the future and health of the relationship, let it go. You're tripping. Let, let the Holy Spirit work that out in them. Like just, like I remember the first, and again, this is my, this is my Paul. I was in a restaurant. I mean, maybe I've, I've told the story before, but it's worth, it's worth retelling. Um, I'm in a restaurant and my wife is pregnant. And that alone says a lot. Because when women are pregnant, they're different. In a wonderful and unique way. And I'm with my wife, and this is our first child, and I'm with my pastor. So I have my wife to my right, and I have my pastor to my left, and we're in this really nice restaurant. And, and it's one of those restaurants that have fancy words in the menu. Like, it's not just like the salmon. It's like, you know, the such and such salmon from the such and such river and blah, 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 blah. It just makes it sound cool, but in the end, it's just the salmon. And my wife is pregnant. My wife, if you know anything about it, she's very health conscious anyway, right? This is her first child, so it's like, I will protect this baby. I will kill anybody that tries to harm my baby with anything non-organic or unhealthy. And so the server comes over, and she's like, so, and she, I need you to look at this. The salmon from the White Snake River in Oregon, is that a clean river? Kid's like 20 years old, you know? I'm like, babe, he doesn't know where the White Snake River is. Are you tripping? Like, babe, just eat the freaking salmon, you know? And I'm, you know, again, I'm a young man, so I'm, I'm still mouthy and don't know how to be nice and kind yet. And so I'm like, babe, just be quiet and eat the salmon, and leave the guy alone. And my pastor puts his hand on my knee and just, shh. He goes, son, just let him be. Just let him be. They're pregnant, especially. Just let him be. That's, that's where, hey, that, that's the price of admission. That was worth it right there. We can all go home. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap. We got just, just let him. That's just one. That's just, that's my first one. That's how good it was. Changed my life. 
And the older I get, the more true that wisdom becomes. Unless it's detrimental to the relationship, you know what your job is as a spouse? Love one another. Not fix one another, not correct one another, not change one Love one another. That will do the greatest amount of good in any relationship. And unless it's detrimental or, or, or really causing funk or, or dis, you know, something bad to the, to the relationship, just, just, you know, just might want to not fight that battle. I won't let that go. Everybody says that's good. That's good. That's good. And that's just number one. Number two is this: is they let me know when I was being petty. This is so good when you're, especially the younger you are, sometimes you exaggerate or dramatize or things are really bigger in your head because you lack perspective. The younger you are, listen to me, the less perspective you have. Can I get an amen? Because if you're older, you're like, you start seeing how life works and how things, and, and what you realize is, is the stuff that you think is such a big deal, really not, really not a big deal. I remember I was so, uh, I was so hurt up one time. Something had happened, I was offended and hurt and upset and somebody had kind of done me wrong and said some things and whatever. And so I called Pastor Marcus and I, I, I didn't get him on the phone, so I left him a voicemail. And I'm just like, hey, Pastor, you know what, man? I just wanted to talk and event, and I just needed some, you know, and I started to, you know, but I didn't share the details. I'm like, just, you know, give me a call back when you get a chance. But it, I'm sure the voicemail sounded kind of desperate. And so then he calls me back, you know, a few hours later or whatever. He goes, dude, man, what, what's going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And I start explaining the story. And then I hear myself, I'm like, you sound like a junior high girl talking about how Cindy didn't invite you to her birthday party. You sound ridiculous. And, and, and then here, here's the other thing too. I'm now putting it in light of everything that I know about his life. Everything that he's ever experienced and ever gone through and the amount of, of just trial that he's been through in life to get to where he's get, gotten to in life. And I'm thinking... Oh my gosh, this has to sound utterly ridiculous to this man. And I finally caught myself and I said, you know what? Um, I'm being ridiculous. Forget I said anything. Because I realized I'm, I'm being petty. And then, you know, he, he, but he's, he's kind and he loves me and he walks me through a little bit anyway. But I just tell you, I learned, I learned sometimes I was being petty. They helped me give, uh, get better perspective. Number three is this. They helped me grow in grace. Like, like, again, they just, they did something in me. They de- I'll tell you what it is, is they deposited grace in me so that I eventually had grace to give. And I didn't know it was happening at the time because it only dawned on me later in life. I remember I was like mentoring this young guy and trying to help him, but he was difficult. He was a little bit of a pain in the butt, and, but I'm trying to help this guy. And the other guys that are his age and we're all, they all like are in this ministry team working underneath me as their youth pastor is, is guys would come to me and be like, why do you keep spending time with this guy? Why do you keep investing in this guy? This guy is a pain. This guy's kind of a waste of your time. Why do you keep believing in this guy? I didn't even know I was doing it, but what occurred to me was, is like, Well, let me tell you why. Because I was a kid not worth believing in. I was a kid that wasn't worth a lot. I was a kid that people would have written off. I was a kid that people might not have given a second and a third and a fifth and a tenth chance. I'm just telling you that they deposited grace in me. I'm just telling you this is what my mentors and gurus and pastors and whatever you want to call it. This is what my Pauls did for me. They deposited grace in me so that I had grace to give. Because it was time, put it this way, when they maybe should have given up on me, they didn't. And so later on in life, there were people that I probably should have given up on. But I didn't. Let's keep going. Number number something. Uh, They shared their secrets with me. I'm telling you what, there is a new, now I'm going to tell you this because you'll need a, you'll need a Paul in certain arenas and fields of life. And one of the things that they'll teach you is, is that there's a nuance to life. Like there's surface ideas 
There's surface principles, and then there's insight that only insiders know. And what they'll do is they'll say, okay, now listen, listen, everybody knows these things. Let me tell you what you don't know. Let me tell you what nobody's telling you. Let me tell you the, let me tell you the nuances of it. Do you know what secrets they shared with me? I'm not going to tell you because they're secrets. And if I told you, they wouldn't be secrets anymore. But there are things that they gave to me as a pastor because there's certain things about being a pastor that you don't know unless you're a pastor. And there's some stuff that seems kind of obvious on the outside, but on the inside, there's, there's more, there's more. And so they shared their secrets with me. I just thought, man, how cool is it that it was like a magician, right? Because a magician doesn't come out and do his trick and then say, hey, everybody, let me show you how I did that. That would take away the fun, right? And so they, they, again, a great Paul, they'll show you insider information. They'll show you everything's on the top. That's good principle. But then there's insight and that's worth knowing. Uh, number something is this. They didn't let me settle for easy answers. One of the great things that, that my, my pastor especially did for me was, is whenever I came to him with an idea or a thought or a conclusion that I had come to, he would never just say, yeah, that sounds good. Go do that. He would never do that. He'd go, well, what about this? Have you considered this? Hey, well, what about this? And and at the end of the conversation, he would come back around and say, no, you were right to begin with, but I needed you to think about everything. I needed you to see the whole thing. And he would never just let me settle for these easy answers. Here's another one. They awakened my own revelations. Like, Like, you need to know this about the apostle Paul. He was a man of revelation and insight. and theology. I mean, the guy was brilliant. But here's what you see. Once you start looking at the the letters that he wrote, most of them or half of them begin with, I, Paul, and Timothy are writing to you, and they would start writing this stuff. You know what that tells you? Timothy was writing alongside of him. He was like sharing insight too. He He was adding value to the letter. So the letters, even though we give credit to the apostle Paul, the apostle Paul gives credit to Timothy, at least, is somewhat of a co-author. And so even though Paul had incredible revelation, because here it's almost like the old saying of you can give, you can give a man a fish, and, and then you got a fish for that day. But if you teach him how to fish, they can, they can kind of feed themselves for a lifetime. He, here's the thing. It's one thing for someone to pass along revelation and insight to you. There's another one to say, here's how you go get it for yourself, and here's how you cultivate it for yourself. And that's what a great mentor and pastor will do. And my pastors did that to me. It wasn't that they were brilliant and smart, but they showed me how to go pursue that knowledge on my own. Lastly is this, and I could go for a while, but I just picked some ones that I like. Number, number last is this, is they taught me yeah, I don't have these numbered. Um, they taught me that they didn't know everything. This is, this is huge. You don't want your Paul to be arrogant. Because what my Paul's taught me is, they don't have it all figured out either. Implication. If they don't have it all figured out, I got no chance. <laughs> I definitely don't have it all figured out. And, and so just their humility Again, so when they deposit humility and they deposit grace and they share with you some secrets and all of a sudden they put you on a journey because isn't that what the Bible says? It said Paul found Timothy and said, man, I see something in you and I'm going to take you along for the journey. And my encouragement to you today is this, is you need to make sure that you have at least one or two people in your life that you call. That, here's what I learned. Before I make any major decision, I call at least one or two or three people. That I consider Paul's either in my life or in that arena. And I say, hey, I wanted to run this by you. What do you think? What would you do if you were me? How would you handle this? Is there anything that I'm not seeing? Is there anything I'm not thinking about? What questions should I be asking? What would you warn me of? And I just start just... And I'm telling you, before I make any major decision in my life, I call people. And I probably got that because that's what they did too. 
And so that's how you live life. You live life with a coach and with a mentor. And if Timothy needs a Paul, and here's the deal, Paul had his own mentor. Like he even references and cites this great rabbi that he studied under as a young man. And so Paul had his own as well. And so I just need you to see this. Now, everybody say, but. There's a dynamic in play here, though. Everybody say, Paul. Everybody say, Timothy. There's two of them. I don't want you to be a person that is constantly just looking for Paul's. At some point, you need to make a pivot of your own and go look for a Timothy. That's the cycle of life, right? That's how you pass it along. That's how you pay it forward. That's how you make sure that this cycle continues. Because if Paul had a mentor and then, and then he's receiving and then now he has a Timothy. And if you, if you know anything about church history, I can go point to like great church fathers that date back to the early 12 apostles. They were passing this stuff along. And so you need to have a Timothy in your life. That's the sweet spot. Just so you know, that's the beauty point right there. It's just right where I got a mentor and coach that I go talk to. Maybe it's two or three of them, but I also have somebody underneath me in life, maybe in age or in wisdom or in arena of life that I provide insight to them. I show grace to them. I try to guide them along. I try to take them along for the journey. And if there's a kickback here, I know, I know what the kickback sometimes is. It's like, well, I mean, I don't know what I would actually give to anybody else. I don't know what I'd actually... Sometimes the greatest thing you can give is your time. Sometimes the greatest thing you can give is a listening ear. Sometimes the greatest thing you can give is just simply some encouragement. But when the time is right, you'll be able to give wisdom. You'll be able to take them along for the journey. Because here's the deal. To, to be a mentor, you don't have to be absolutely brilliant at everything. You simply have to be a step ahead. Like if you like take along somebody for the journey, that was what Paul said about Timothy. That's like follow the leader. The leader does not have to be brilliant. He just has to be a step ahead. And so when you think about life, you need to look for people to like kind of like share and and, and pass this along to. And so here's what I'd like to give you though. It's like you're looking for a great Paul and there's some things here, but as a Timothy, let's talk about you being a Timothy now. Like you need a Paul. You need to be a Timothy. You need to look for a Timothy. There's a whole dynamic in play. I'm going to teach you how to be a great Timothy. Can I, can I do that real quick for you? And then we'll wrap this thing up in a bow. So check this out. Being a great Timothy, number one is this. Ask great questions. Like, there's nothing worse than like, because I, I had this, because again, I was a youth pastor for years. I've been a pastor for years now. And every once in a while, you have people come along and be like, hey, pastor, will you help me? Will you kind of teach me or coach me or counsel me or mentor me or whatever? And I had this one young man that came to me. And... Um, he goes, man, I really want you to disciple and mentor me. And I'm like, all right, great young man. Yeah, let, let me do that. And so then he, he would come into my office and then I would say, okay, well, man, talk to me. Tell me what's going on in your life. Nothing. Everything's good. And I'm like, what, what do you need me for? <laughs> like, like he, I'm like, so is there anything I can help you with? No, no, I'm good. And I'm like, I had hair, so I was pulling my hair out. Um, and I'm like, what? Yeah, that's why I don't have hair. What? Why, why are we here? So my point is this, is, is, is if you're a Timothy and you're looking for a Paul, go, a, go ask great questions. Like premeditate. Don't waste their time. Go to them and say, man, I got five questions. If I could just have some of your time, I really would love your insight. And I'm telling you, once you get them going, they'll probably talk for a long time anyway. But you got to start by asking great questions. There's, a, there's an old um, idiom that basically goes like this, that if you ask shallow questions, you get shallow answers. But if you ask profound questions, you get profound answers. And if you ask no questions, will you get, you know, the ending of it. So ask, ask great questions. Number two is this. Number two, listen humbly. Like I had this one guy that came to me and he was a chatterbox. It wasn't that he wouldn't talk, it's that he wouldn't shut up. 
And so he would come and then just spew and talk and talk and talk. And it was ended up being him trying to tell me everything he knew, which I didn't care. And I'm like, literally, we've been together for 45 minutes. I've said three words. I hope this helps you. I mean, like, does that make sense? So like, listen, like if you're going to go ask questions, listen humbly, meaning this, you listen with an ear that says, I'm assuming they know something I don't know. And I need to be careful to hear exactly what they're saying. Cause there's a nuance here. There's what's on top that most everybody knows, but there's insight that only insiders know. So listen humbly. Number three, is this apply the wisdom? Oh man. If you, if um, there's nothing more irritating, you have a friend like this. You have a friend like this, you know how irritating this is. Your friend comes to you and they give you like, let's say their relationship drama. And they're like, oh my God, and he, and, 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 and you're like, well, stop doing this. Don't do this. Don't go here. Don't do, you know, whatever. And you just give them, and then they're back with you a month later. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And they, and they go through, it's the same thing. And then you're like, hey, did you do, did you do, did you? No. You need a Jonathan, you know, that's what you need. You need somebody that loves you even in your crazy. But like when you give people wisdom and advice, the greatest thing you can do is like use it. That's because, because this is the last one. That's how you honor. Well, the greatest way to honor is to apply the wisdom. That's the greatest, but honor them. If you ever find a great Paul, I'll tell you this. This is, this is one of the best ways you can find a Paul in your life. Find somebody who has that wisdom and insight that you want. That is great in that arena where you need help with and go and say, Hey, Go bless them verbally like, hey, I just want you to know I really appreciate this, this, this. I see that you've got some insight and wisdom here. I would love to be able to ask you some questions. Can I go buy you lunch and just pick your brain? That's, just, you know, that's a nugget. That's like one of the easiest ways to do it. Because people like food, right? You got to eat. And if you're buying, it's even better, right? So, so but honor well. Like, like make sure that like if you, have, listen, like, let me put it like this. Because many of you have a Paul now that you're like, oh, I kind of have somebody like that. You know what you need to do if you have a Paul in your life? You need to go call him today. You need to go email him. Don't text him. Email him. Something. Reach out to him and say, hey, I just want you to know, thank you for the role that you play in my life. Thank you for being there through this season. Thank you for sharing this with you. Just go and honor them and bless them. Listen to this scripture. Listen to this. The Bible says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while he treads out the grain. And the laborer is worthy of his wages. And so this is this idea that Paul was telling Timothy. He's like, hey man, just make sure you know you got pastors and teachers and mentors and Yodas and Pauls in your life. They're worthy of your honor. Make sure you go honor them. Because here's what I believe. I believe that when you honor them, in essence, you're sowing a seed back into their life that's going to help you reap everything that they've ever shared with you. So go and honor well. I'll leave you with this last simple illustration. It's an old African proverb that says this. It was, it was a proverb that talked about how like these elephants were traveling across the terrain. And they had come to a raging river. And they noticed that the big elephants could just get in this raging river. And they had no problem. They were so big and so strong. They would just get in it. But they noticed that the younger elephants were afraid. They realized they couldn't get through. And so what they observed was is that the elephants, the big ones, would get in and get shoulder to shoulder And in essence, create a dam that blocked the water that helped the little elephants get through. This is how life was meant to be lived. That life is difficult. The terrain is nasty. Sometimes seasons of life, talk about divorce and sickness and job loss or just relationship things. You name it, life can be difficult sometimes. And what you want is you want somebody sometimes just to get out ahead of you, to show you the path, to take you along for the journey, to guide you through life. But here's the other thing. At some point, you cross a threshold where you say to yourself, I need to do this for somebody else. 
How can I go love and bless and encourage and help whoever is out there? And the greatest sweet spot of life is, is I've got a Paul in my life, maybe even a couple. And I got a Timothy. And man, I'm telling you that your relationship with your Paul and your Timothy create a richness of life. They help you stay connected. And by being connected, you're able to build something great. Bow your heads with me and close your eyes. Big questions today. Who's my Paul? Do I have somebody in my life that I look up to, that I call before I make a major decision, that, that I, I bring some of my maybe issues or concerns with? Who, who's my Paul? Hey, depending on where you're at in, in life, who's your Timothy? Do you have people that maybe you call and say, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Hey, I'm believing for you. Hey, I, I, you know what? If, if there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. Is, are you passing it along? Are you taking the grace that has been sowed into you and then sowing it into someone else. Who's my Paul? Who's my Timothy? And how can I be more connected? Heavenly Father, would you please help us to find great mentors in this life? God, help us to see the need in others and to meet that need in others, God. Help us to, as a body of Christ, join together and be connected in incredible fellowship. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Can you give the Lord a big hand clap this morning? Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.